This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 9th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. As negotiators meet in Lima, Peru to put together another global agreement on climate change, much of what has occurred and is likely to occur at this meeting is very familiar. Patrick Michaels, director of the Cato Institute Center for the Study of Science, comments on the proceedings. Several years ago, I spoke with uh, Ronald Bailey, who was at uh, the Bali conference, which is uh, yet another of these series of of meetings that have taken place. And uh, on one hand, you had Al Gore presenting sort of the lofty ideals of uh, why the world must act to combat climate change. And it was at odds with the sort of practical politics that have, was presented by John Kerry, then a uh, senator from Massachusetts. So how much of, of this meeting going on in Peru right now is focusing on the lofty ideas and and how much of it is, is uh, seriously considering that governments have to then approve whatever deal comes out of this? Well, we're now at the phase where we have lofty rhetoric uh, and strident policy analysis and strident uh, policy requests. So what's going on is the same old, same old. Uh, The third world, the developing world, likes to use these annual meetings, which are called meetings of the conference of the parties to the framework convention on climate change. They like to use these meetings to say they want $100 billion a year from the developed world, mainly the United States. Uh, if, if our negotiators came back and said, okay, we're going to give them $100 billion a year, I think the electorate would be very, very angry with them. They're already angry with them. It would be even worse. One of the important considerations that uh, these meetings have, I suppose, recently begun considering, which is if you want countries like Brazil and India and China to sign on to these curbs of, uh, of carbon emissions – either in the form of a tax or in some sort of straight level of emissions that uh, they may emit, those will have very serious practical consequences for people who, in many instances, are desperately poor and trying to improve their lot in life. There is no doubt that the reluctance of the Chinese uh, to go along with major emissions reductions. And contrary to what you heard a month ago, by the way, they did not agree to that. You have to read the language carefully. Um, if they did that, their people would be up in arms because they want to develop. They want cars. They want electronics. They want uh, the luxuries of a modern Western life. And it's not going to happen if you impose big re- emissions restrictions on them. These meetings happen if not every year, every couple of years. They, uh, so how do they typically proceed? These meetings occur every year in December. Uh, and they're before the meeting, you know one's about to come up because all of a sudden you start to read end-of-the-world climate change stories uh, in the world's media. Uh, not that that really has any effect. People are, are Surveys show that people are just tired of these stories. And then there's uh, great expectations breakthrough People go to the meetings. The third world and the developing world and the developed world disagree. And then somebody, Al Gore, would jet in back in the 1990s. John Kerry's going to jet into Lima, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday. The meeting is scheduled to end on Friday. And lo and behold, 
it's going to be announced that the meeting is deadlocked. And so they will stay an extra night. And then everybody will go home and do nothing, only to return to Paris next year, where there's going to be a breakthrough. Wealthy countries, in large part because they're wealthy, can afford in many ways to develop the kinds of technology that allow them to reduce emissions. Uh, poor countries have benefited from so many of the uh, creations of the, the wealthier economies uh, around the world. Uh, but there seems to be just this persistent disconnect that the wealthier parts of the world don't want to have to suffer economically. And if those countries aren't on board, there's, you know, there's no re- there seems to be very little reason to act. You know, like, like the philosopher says, check your premises. The premise is that wealthy nations emit more and are causing more and more climate change than other people. Well, the United States has reduced its emissions more than any other nation on Earth since 2005. And last I heard, we're relatively wealthy. The reason we were able to do that was because we have a relatively free economy. And we were able to exploit, with capital, the shale, gas, and oil fields of the northern Great Plains and of Pennsylvania and Ohio. And in doing so, we unearthed a fuel that produces about half as much carbon dioxide per unit electricity that you get out of it compared to coal. So yeah, what happens is the wealthy nations can actually afford and have the will to develop technologies that are more efficient. These meetings never seem to end in uh, political action among all of the countries involved, and, and the ones who really matter for the purposes of coming to the table are countries that are trying to become wealthy. So what's the next meeting going to look like? Well, think of what Lima is all about. This meeting is supposed to prepare the paperwork for a overarching new agreement on climate change to be signed in Paris next December. Well, that's exactly what happened in 2008. Uh, 2009 was the Copenhagen meeting that was supposed to do exactly the same thing. The script ran according to form. Uh, It it was deadlocked. Uh, The president of the United States went over there. They extended their time a little bit. There was a breakthrough. And then a month and a half later, the head of the UN Climate Change Commission, Ivo de Boer, said, we don't really have to do what you said you were going to do. That's probably what's going to happen next year. This year is just a run-up for that major failure that's likely to occur. Pat Michaels is director of the Cato Institute's Center for the Study of Science. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.